0: This podcast would not be possible without the support and friendship of my Patreon backers. I want to thank Rob Burnett, Mary Thomas, John Munson, Terry Smith, Bella Pori, Crystal Carroll, Dale Hosick, Andrew Goddard, Stephen Malio, Anna Lynn, Betsy Hodges, Randy Brown, Chris Bloom, and Steve Rogers. I appreciate you so much, and I hope to see you all at a show sometime soon.
1: And I think for a good part of his career, John Hyatt was trying to figure out exactly who he was and what his sound was. And, yeah. you know, I don't think every artist gets to make as many records as he made without truly finding out exactly who they are. And, you know, you you mentioned that, that first show you would have saw on Bring the Family. You know, clearly on that record, he figured out exactly who he was. Because the, the other reason... You know, you could talk about, you know, the live songs and and the gate entry. The other thing I would say about the Live at Budokan record here, you're catching John Hyatt at what I would say is the peak of his power.
0: Welcome to John Hyatt Month, where we get off the Bruce Springsteen train and we get in the back of a pickup truck and head to... Hyatt Town. We will be talking all about John Hyatt, the singer songwriter from Indiana, who is better known as a songwriter than he is a performer. But we are about to change your mind. And hopefully, if you are a longtime fan of John's music or a newbie, you enjoy our discussions. So, once again, welcome to John Hyatt Mind. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, but we are getting off the Bruce train, and we are getting on the back of a pickup truck, leaving Indiana. This is another episode of our John Hyatt month. Um, So I am so happy, frequent guest on Set Lessing Bruce, and one of my... uh, best buddies. Mark Hornack is joining me and we are talking Hyatt Comes Alive at Budokan. Mark, welcome and thank you for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. There, There's a lot of other Bruce podcasts on the internet. I'm not sure how many people are spending time talking about John Hyatt and that is uh this is exciting that this is happening.
0: Yeah, I I love that I threw this out that I wanted to do this. And I had a a handful of passionate people, like, like, oh, I want to be part of this. So yeah, that is great. Um, So just in case that we're getting someone who's never listened to this before, tell us a little about yourself and then talk about how you discovered John.
1: Sure. So, like you said a second ago, my name's Mark Hornock. I live in uh, Cary, Illinois. I'm 49 years old, uh, financial advisor. I love music. Uh, I have three kids, a great wife. My second kid is off to college in just a few months, so we're only going to have one left at home. I'm not excited about that at all. Uh, this is my fourth time uh, on the podcast. I've had such a great time uh, all the other times, so I'm thrilled to be here. And like I said a second ago. John Hyatt is, you know, just so underrated historically. There's way too many people that don't know who he is. And, you know, that was certainly me at one point. And, you know, I was lucky enough in the area that I lived here in Chicago that there was a radio station that actually played John Hyatt. And they played him regularly. And I don't think that's true in several parts of the country Is there a radio station in Dallas that plays John Hyatt at all? I'm going to assume not.
0: I don't think so. I, I can't think so. I can't. I mean, obviously, they've played songs he's written by other artists, but I do not know if I've ever heard John except if it was coming from my cassette or CD player or MP3 player or something.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's true. And like I said, I, I feel very lucky because, you know, there's a good chance that years would have gone by if it wasn't for that. So, you know, John Hyatt was one of those names that you would hear or maybe see on uh, like, you know, credits. You know, obviously there, there's the Jeff Healy version of Angel Eyes that was kind of a big hit and was on MTV. Uh, I remember our college dorm did not have a lot of channels, TV channels. And my roommate would occasionally put on CMT. And at the time, Susie Boggus, and I always feel like I say her name wrong, but um, she had a, a, a I think a, she had a lot of airplay and it was in heavy rotation on there that they were playing Drive South. And I loved, I loved that song. And I was like, this is really catchy. I really like it. I loved what what, what she did with it. And then clearly, um, the Bonnie Rate, uh, yes. I mean, that was hard to miss, but the truth is even though that was on the radio and on MTV or VH1 all the time, I didn't, You know, I probably saw John Hyatt's name in the credits, but I was completely unaware that uh, anybody other than Bonnie Raitt was the first person to record that song or really that that was not her song altogether. So what ended up happening is in the summer of 1995, I was home from college, working on a moving van. And in Chicago, we have uh, WXRT. And they're a station that would play John Hyatt. And for whatever reason, that summer, the guys that I was working with had that on all the time. And they played a lot of John Hyatt. And you know, I started to think, who is this guy? Well, I mean, so again, songs that I that I wouldn't have known from these previous things i talked about, But then I would hear his version of some of those same songs, and you know, finally I went into the store one day. And I'm like, well, I'm going to buy something. I'm I'm going to look around and see see what's available. And the Hyatt Comes Alive record had not been out that long at that point. It was it was it was his latest release, and some of that stuff was getting played. Uh, on the radio. And then, you know, typically I would never pick uh, a live record to to discuss in a situation like this. Uh, It's certainly not my favorite John Hyatt record, but it's the one that introduced me to him. It's the one that really made me get excited and love him. And when I remember looking at it in the store, I'm like, I know a bunch of these songs. Is that the same song you didn't really know until you put the CD in your car? But then I started hearing all this other stuff. And, you know, then quickly after that, I bought, you know, Slow turning and Bring the Family and the other stuff that was available then. I couldn't believe what was available to me all of a sudden that I was completely unaware of. So there was just this treasure trove uh, of music that I just didn't even know existed at the time.
0: You know, Mark, listening to that, a couple of things. One, you know, Hyatt comes alive at Budokan is your version right your gateway drug like born in the USA to a lot of Springsteen fans right like they will say oh it's not my favorite album anymore but I will always have a special place in my heart because it got me in there the other thing is I, I have that same feeling sometimes when you stumble on a book and you read it and you got, boy, I really like this book. And then you find out that that writer has another seven or eight or a dozen. And you're like, oh, my goodness, this is
1: awesome. You know, and you wonder to yourself, how did I miss this? Yes. How did, how did this slip past me? Some of this some of these songs, especially the bring the family stuff, was was 10 years old almost at that. Yeah. Point. What was I doing? Yeah. How did no one clue me in? Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, yes. Um, it i remember a couple times like my i have a good friend who will harass me like why did you not tell me about this band or this tv show beforehand well, i tried to well you didn't try hard enough right it was so uh yeah uh really quickly hopefully you guys know but john hyatt is a singer songwriter um this is he is specifically known as Mark talked about a, a lot of different artists have recorded his songs um, have a little faith in me probably is the one that's been covered the most. Um, they will use his version a lot of movies and song, you know, uh, TV shows. Um, and so, in November 1994, he released a live album. Uh, he was touring to uh, support "Perfectly Good Guitar," which was his. Um, 11th album and so they decided to do a live album it's a collection it isn't at one venue uh when you look at it they do different things uh according to wikipedia which you know is never wrong recorded from february 1994 through may 1994 um and uh backed by the guilty dogs which was his band at the time and uh and the album title is kind of a little bit tongue in cheek because Frampton comes alive and uh cheap trick you know at Budokan and so him Hampton comes alive at Budokan with a question mark and with him looking like you know he's in a karate suit right (laughs) uh, with his guitar is a very funny album so um is I take it the reason you picked this is because sentimental reasons
1: So sentimental reasons for sure. It was, you, you described it as as a gateway drug and that that's exactly what it was. And it did not take long for me to go out and start getting some of those other records, but it just made it so easy to buy into, Hey, there's eight, nine, 10 songs here that I'm just so excited about. And now that it, now that I've had a lot of years to sit with it as well, you know, one of the other things is, and I think this is this is probably something that comes up on the show for you all the time, but I think you and I have discussed it as well. There's a lot of the Bruce Springsteen catalog that I think people prefer the live version versus the album version. And it's, and it's yeah. not a side on anything. He's just that good at yeah. making it better. A lot of that is true, for, at least for me in this case. And, you know, you know, we'll get into discussing a couple songs in particular. Yeah. But... That to me really makes it different too. There's a few songs that I would prefer to hear the Hyatt the live version versus, and, and there's so many great things about the album versions too. But he's he's that good. I mean, the he's he's a performer, especially with a band. He, yeah. he can absolutely connect with an audience. I don't. I, I, have you seen John a few times? Yes. Okay. Perfect. So I I don't know if you if this will stick in your brain, and I don't know if I'm going to even describe it that well but he has a very unusual um, smile or or grin. And it's different than what anybody else has. You can tell when he's having fun. You can tell when he feels like he's made a connection with the audience. He's he's a great live performer. And you, you know, you mentioned the guilty dogs. He always has a great band with him as well. He's at the Nashville Queens, uh, the goners. I mean, there's so much great about he, he doesn't, he doesn't not bring it uh, on any night, much like a guy we talk about all the time.
0: Yeah, uh, he really does. And um, I, uh, the first time we saw him was right after maybe bring the family And, um, and I did not know he had recently become sober. So my buddy and I were like, Hey, can we buy you a drink? Can we buy a drink? And he's like, Oh, no, no, I'm good. Uh, We saw him with a band two or three times. And then the past two times we've seen him has been when he's on, you know, an acoustic tour with just himself uh which uh i I love both you know it's kind of like bruce like i get bruce on devils and dust that's a joy if i get the whole e street band that's a whole different kind of joy um and he's um very um i'm you know i i i am i would love to hear i bruce has never covered a john hyatt song though Um, I guess uh, I saw on the internet once he's covered one on a sound check, but there's no recording. I can't remember which one.
1: So I I think what you're referring to is, and I'm not sure how much of it he has, because I think across the borderline is a song that actually got played a decent amount uh, at the end of the tunnel love tour. Yeah. And then I think a few other times, uh, I believe it has, I think it has multiple songwriters listed. Yeah. John does have a songwriting credit on "Across the Borderline,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, you know, not across the border of the Bruce song, but a, a yeah. song. And, uh, okay. Actually, it gets played at the uh, the Christic event with Ron uh, okay. Rate and yeah. uh, Jackson Brown. If you have that that show, mm-hmm. uh, that that's the only time I'm aware that yeah. he's covering anything that John did.
0: Yeah, and then um, and um, I think John has done Johnny 99. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, he's covered, you know, Bruce's, uh, you know, John has covered that. Um, I, I I remember my, um, one of my wife's best friends, um, Linda said, yeah, this, this, uh, Elvis Costello sounds like this John (laughs) Hyatt guy. And, then lisa's like well i would reverse that john hyatt sounds a lot like elvis costello
1: but um that, that that's really interesting uh and that that's 100 percent true and i think that's really true if you listen to the songs before bring the family there, yeah. there's a couple records in there yeah and songs in particular like slug line could be an elvis costello song no yes. no no question about it yeah and I think for a good part of his career, mm-hmm. uh, John Hyatt was trying to figure out exactly who he was and what his sound was. And, yeah. you know, I don't think every artist gets to make as many records as he made without truly finding out exactly who they are. Yeah. And, you know, you, you mentioned that that first show you would have saw on Bring the Family. You know, clearly on that record, he figured out exactly who he was. Because the, the other reason... You know, you could talk about, you know, the live songs and, and the gateway yeah. and the entry. The other thing I would say about <clears throat> the Live at Budokan record here, you're catching John Hyatt at what I would say is the peak of his power. If you start with the Bring the Family in particular, and at least for me, you take that streak all the way through Crossing Muddy Waters. Right. There are... I don't know, is it six? Is it seven studio albums in a row? And to me, they're all great. They're all special. They're, you know, they all have songs that are so good. It is hard for me to come up with a weak link in that. And I think, you know, some people would maybe say like Little Head is a little bit less. There's some great stuff on there. I don't know why yeah. people don't rate that album better. He kind of ignores it as well. There's some really good stuff on there and you catch John right in the middle of probably as big as he ever was. But at the same time, I think the peak of his songwriting power right in the middle of his, his best stuff.
0: Yeah. Um I, I've had uh, Betsy Hodges on and in a time you I don't know if this will come before that but she and I talk stolen moments mm. uh which if I have to go that's probably my favorite Hyatt but there are they're all good I mean they they all bring in special and you know Slugline was the first my my buddy Rick is the one that discovered him and led us to him and you know slug line was the first cd that we had and that still is you know my wife's favorite she just routinely will want to put in slug line and listen to that uh and it's it's so, uh, it's so different
1: though it really it yeah in some ways it doesn't even sound like the same guy
0: yeah absolutely it doesn't uh, all right so how do you want to do this do you want to go through track by track do you want to talk about the highlights low lights you tell me
1: so we could definitely do track by track and I would probably have some, some thoughts about all of them. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's do a couple. Okay. And you know, I probably have some deeper thoughts on maybe two or three. Okay. And then just, just some, uh, some random thoughts on a handful of others. Okay. But since you mentioned stolen moments, uh, yeah. personally for me, I think, I think his best song, or at least my favorite is real fine love. Yeah, and uh, you know it's right. I think it's the second song on there. Yeah, and you know the the other thing I didn't get to a second ago that I that I just thought of now is you know starting later in his career uh, to find his sound. What one of the things that's super cool about John Hyatt is he comes he he brings a very adult rock and roll song and a very yeah. adult rock and roll voice. And, you know, if you want to talk specifically about Real Fine Love, you know, we'll talk, about, we'll talk about the recording of it first and the playing of it first. You know, there's a little heavier guitar on this yes. live version. Uh, Michael Ward, who later uh, <clears throat> went on to play with Jacob Dylan, it kind of drives a little harder. Uh, I love the album version, but this one, it's a little less slick. It, it's just a little bit better for me, but like a lot of rock musicians, there's a message through so many of John Hyatt's songs that are looking for love. It's, it's, it's kind of the core of, of music looking for love. I want to be with someone. I don't want to be alone. Um, but this is, this is not the high school version of that. Right. This, is, this is John at his best, which is the adult song. Uh, that rocks. It's a simple song, but it covers so much ground. You know, the first verse talks about, you know, I'm this guy, I didn't go to college. I I don't have a lot going for me. My town didn't treat me well, but he wants something bigger than than what he has is, you know, again, he just, he doesn't have his place in the world, but he doesn't want to settle. Uh, In fact, he's frustrated. He's going to try to do something better. He says, uh, you know, how does he say it? He says, You know, I'm looking for a fire. I just want to burn it all down. I I want to leave this all behind. I know there's something better for me. He wants to love. He wants a life. You know, and then then the the other verses go on and talks about a failed relationship. uh, The idea that the perfect thing has finally come into his life. He's now met someone. He found her. And after everything that's happened to him, he's going to go for it. He says, I'm going to pull my pony up and hitch my wagon to your star. it's, a, it's First of all, it's a great line. It, you can see that picture in your head. But what he's really saying is, I found someone special. I'm with you no matter what. And then they get to the end, the last part. I think that last verse is just—it's a celebration. And yeah. you know, they're together. And you can—you can, again—you can picture this last moment. He says the babies are all sleeping. Everything's all right. He describes the way he feels as uh, a little joy. Uh, a little love and a whole lot of light everything that he hoped for has happened with this person he's celebrating her real fine love the idea that uh, that kid that didn't expect to succeed that was treated poorly found love and found life but also here's this rock song that tells that story in the most adult way it's hard not to love
0: yeah um the and i haven't released the episode yet so uh you'll hear um betsy believes that this album is a lot about his journey to sobriety and i'm not disagreeing with that but to me i think this album is all about the struggles of being an adult and having a relationship with a family and we both can be right right you know that's the beauty of that um just so you know um on my phone, <laughs> Real Fine Love is the wake up song I have, not a Bruce song. Oh, my goodness. It is, I mean, when I go and I, you know, I hear that guitar, well, I never went to college, babe. I did not have the luxe, though, out of Indiana on the back of a pickup truck. Uh, that is the song that wakes me up. Um, I love that song. Um, the other song that I really love, Through Your Hands. And and and, and the reason why is because to connect with Bruce, like, you know, with these hands, you know, he's got that lyric and then then like on we take care of our own. Where are the hands that will, you know, help us build and this uh, and the hands that built the country? They're always trying to keep out. You know, Bruce has mentioned several times about building things and through your hands, he's talking about that all whatever good that's going to happen in his life is through the work he's doing on emotional things. So I think it's a beautiful way to start the album live. Um, You know, Memphis in the meantime is just a fun song. I love the fact that he changes which, you know, country art. Originally, it was Ronnie Millsap is never going to record the song. And then Ronnie Millsap did record it, which I love that about Ronnie Millsap. And now in this one, in the live version, you know, he, he talks about... Um, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, Billy Ray Cyrus, but he sure could dance. Uh, so yeah, that's a fun song. And, um, and if you've ever done the tourist thing in Memphis, which my wife and I did, Right before the pandemic hit, uh, we i had gotten a new job and they'd given me a week. And so we did a mini vacation. We spent like three or four days in Memphis and went to all the different music museums. You know, we toured, you know, we'd already toured Graceland, but we did Sun Records and we did the Stax Museum. And there is this this rhythm and blues and rock and roll that's in Memphis. It's just there. Very different than Nashville, which is still just as fun. So I love that vibe of Memphis in the meantime.
1: So Memphis in the meantime, I don't I, I would say that's a little lower on the list, at least for this. Yeah. record. But he talks about uh, down at the rendezvous. Yes, there is a I think it's a rib place. Yes. Right in Memphis that yes. he's referring to the rendezvous. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I also want to mention I yeah. love what you said about, uh, you know, the opening track because, you know, he, he, the acoustic version uh, speeds it up uh, yeah. a little bit. Uh, yeah. It's, it's much, you know, much like Bruce, he can take a song and kind of change it around that version. is just so good. I love, I love it. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that.
0: Yeah. Um, he does a little duo from bring the family. Your dad didn't have a little faith in me. Um, I, I was lucky enough to see him once where he did, your dad did, but he did a long middle of the song dialogue about. um, He said, even though we were poor, we had one of the early remote control TVs with the wire. Mm. And he was talking about watching it and that, you know, and and they were waiting for the Beatles. It was either. Yeah, it was had to be the Beatles. And he's talking about and his dad started flipping the channels and they were all just like, no, no, no. But he got it just in time for them to see with the smile. And he, and he he, there's talk about all this love of his dad. And he goes right into the rest of your dad did. And hearing Bruce talk about seeing how much Elvis and the Beatles are. Once again, there is the Bruce connection of John saying seeing the Beatles was life changing for him as a musician.
1: There's there's so much crossover uh, between these two guys, and it's probably the reason that they both appeal to us so much. And a lot of the stuff in the Broadway show, like you're talking yeah. about, that like gets talked about with mothers and fathers, absolutely shows up in a lot of these songs. I think I mention one or two things later, but you uh, you talked about your dad did. I can't think of another song in, in rock or, or popular music that talks about being a dad and some of the frustrations that go with it in that original of a way. And exactly like that first, I mean, that's obviously not a popular rock and roll topic compared to, you know, my girl left me and I right. went back. It's again, it's, here's this completely unusual guy that's making this super special music that is rock and roll for people that have lived a little bit.
0: Yeah. And you know, in that line um, you know, I went and bought it, you know, uh, you know, to make your family feel so good, you know, you buy a car and, and, you know, and that scene at the dinner table with the all bow's head and say grace, if you've never heard the song before, it is something that you go, Oh, my goodness, I can't believe he did that. And and it's it. You talked about you're a a parent of three. I'm a parent of one. Uh, You know, it there is that chaos of, of trying to get a family dinner together and that dynamics. And he
1: capsules it beautifully there. I think, I think what, you're hundred percent right. And then one other thing you said that I wanted to just kind of tag on that idea. I think he talks about buying a car because yeah. he, you can talk every, every dad, not, not only does he want to be a good example and does he yeah. not want to raise his kids? Right. But I think every parent wants their kids to think that they're good and that yes. they're special. And you, you want to be thought of highly by your own family. And there's certainly times where we make mistakes and do things that we wish we didn't do Yeah, in that, in that one or two lines, he's getting that across in, in a non-obvious way, but, but better than almost anybody else ever has.
0: Yeah. You know, your job is expired. They just haven't told you yet. Is anyone that's been through a layoff, yeah. <laughs> You know, you know that feeling. Uh, it's really good. Um, what's a couple? Of, what's a couple more you want to talk about? So,
1: so the the, uh, the next one I would mention yeah. is uh, is perfectly good guitar, and this this might have been, you know, at least when that record was out, this might have been some of the most radio airplay he got, yeah. specifically yes. on that song in particular. And on the surface, I think it's you know a lot of people can just take it as here is this little kid. Uh, you want to, you want to talk about some of the, the Broadway stuff that we talked about yes. or uh, the kid that wants the guitar and so forth. And you can imagine this little kid watching Pete Townsend on TV, smash a guitar. Yeah, and say, I can't even have one, but it yeah. is, it is cool too, because, you know, he mentions specific uh, guitars that he, he saw or wishes he had, but I really think there's so much more going on there. Uh, it's, Much like a lot of his work, there's a lot of metaphor going on about just relationships. And, you know, in a lot of ways, the guitar is just something he wishes he had, or the life he wishes he had, or the relationship he wishes he had. And, you know, at some point he had a guitar and he didn't. At some point he must have had a girl and he didn't. And he says uh, he loved that guitar just like a girlfriend, but every good thing comes to an end. Now he just sits in his room all day, whistling every note he ever played. And then there's that guitar solo that kind of mimics the idea of, uh, of him whistling. That is so well written. And you, you, just, you can hear kind of the pain at the same time of loss, but then there's this, this powerful song all in there at the same time. There's so much going on and there's, there's more pieces to it than just the obvious. It's just so good.
0: Well, and, you know, to go back and luckily this is a Bruce podcast, so no one's going to be upset. Right. But, you know, the wish, a brand new Japanese guitar. And in this one, it started back in 1963. His mama wouldn't buy him that new red harmony. He settled for a sunburnt with a crack and he's still trying to break his mama's back, you know, um, that high idea of, oh, I want that Red Harmony electric guitar. I need that. And you're right. He's seeing people, um, you know, break cars, guitars. And, you know, I, I think back that. On The Wish, where he says, when I think about all that things that guitar brought us, you know, and and so John saying that with um, he, this guitar. Look what it brought him, and so yeah, I I think that is really really fun, and it's a fun, um, it's a fun song. Uh, it is a great song live. It is a great song, and if you ever see him with a band, um, you know he acts like he's gonna break the guitar, and then he ends up hugging it, you know, and it is just it it there is such a great sense of play with that. Like he's, he's not, he really doesn't care that Pete Townsend breaks the guitars. He's just, this is, this is a fun song. And I do love uh, with this band, it was especially a rocking version. Mm. I mean, they were kicking it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much, there's so much in there. And because he's just so talented, it can cover those multiple sides. And then, isn't, isn't it such a blessing that The Wish was played so much or, you know, yeah. every night as part of the Broadway show and then the stories that went with it. Yes. It's so raised in the in the Bruce Canon at this point because yeah. of that. I think we all just feel so much stronger about it than we ever did.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do. Um, I love Feel Like Rain because that. It's slow and it does um, it, it does put that persona of it. I'm depressed. I, I'm, you know, it just it in that it feels like rain. It feels that sad. It almost has that cinema of that lonely person, you know, just the rain making their hat down and they're just out just uh, alone.
1: Yeah. Did you watch uh, Treme on HBO? Yes. OK. So I don't know if you remember this, but in uh, I think it was in the second season, uh, the Steve Earle character yes. is taking uh, a young songwriter that he's kind of mentoring. They go to a John Hyatt show. And John's mm-hmm. on there and he performs uh, Feels Like Rain. And afterwards, you know, she says, oh, what a great song. And he says, well, why? Why is, why is it a great song? And she mm-hmm. talks a little bit about the music and a little bit about the lyrics. And she basically just assumes that it's about Katrina and the, yeah. and the struggles that went with that. And he quickly points out, Hyatt wrote that song 20 years ago. And the insinuation, much like a lot of the things that we've talked about, and again, some of the crossover with this other guy we like to talk about, uh, he says a great song can be about more than one thing. A, gr- a great song can cover more ground and a great song kind of means what it means to you as well as what the author intended. And it's such a cool moment for anybody that just really likes music to hear Steve Earle and the character that Steve Earle's playing describe music that way. It's, 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 they had to use such a good song by a great artist to do it, but it just comes off so well.
0: You know, in the world where none of us had to work for a living, um, I would love to do a Treme podcast where we talk break because I do think talk about an underrated TV series. I think a lot of people don't appreciate what a great series that was. Um, it, it, and, and if you love music, take your favor, Treme, and also you know. What we found ourselves doing is making notes about, oh, this is where we should go. This is where we should go, because it is a beautiful, not only about the music, but the, the city itself as a character. Yeah, I had forgotten about that, that that was a great scene. Uh, that's yeah, a wonderful it, 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 scene. You're,
1: you're not wrong that it is historically underrated. Uh, you know, there's it's, it's, there's certainly a lot of New Orleans in it. There's a lot yeah. of talk about uh, and, and what what makes food great and the restaurant yeah. world. Great. Uh, there's a lot of just education about, you know, the the, the lower parts of yeah. New Orleans, but at the root of it, it's covering all that other ground, but it's an absolute celebration of people that love music, which I yes. think is a big part of what New Orleans is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else? Uh, any other a couple other yeah, songs
1: the, you want to mention? the, yeah. la, the, la, the last one, uh, just a couple I'll, I'll mention, you know, I think Drive South. we talked about a little bit on the mm. front end. Yeah. I think this is his great road trip song and a great yes. road trip song Live is kind of a special thing. I love Tennessee plates. I love Trudy and Dave um you know those are great road songs as well it's you know but there's there's some thunder road in drive south yeah, as well. there is a lot of the same crossover of hey girl i uh i'm going somewhere special you're struggling i'm struggling let's go somewhere different where we can kind of you know it's he says baby it's our turn uh it's let's let's go somewhere where we can start over and be special and then you know I love that, that kind of acoustic guitar intro that they kind of build into the song and build up the excitement. And then there's that great kind of guitar duel at the end. But then at the very last, after all of that music in there, in they're talking about making this escape, that last, long, that last line, he just one more time kind of sings out with the one you love, because it wouldn't even be worth it to do all these things if you didn't come with me. So drive south for sure. Uh, Just two other things I wrote down. Um, We did use have a little faith in our wedding, uh, which I think is something a lot of people have done. I love that from a whisper starts line he does because he does it so well when he's sitting there in concert and kind of whispers it into the microphone. And then totally uh, out of the left field thought that I've always had that I can never get out of my head. And especially when I hear them really rocking out tennessee plates on this record yeah someday john fogarty needs to do a version of tennessee plates i think i think it would be the most perfect cover that anybody's ever done do that do with that what you want
0: no i like that i'm also thinking right um working on the highway tennessee plates would also be a really nice twofer right yeah yeah that would be great um My have a little faith story with me is um, when we saw him the first time um, I had I had been um, laid off. And at the time I was um, delivering newspapers to make extra money Mm. because the statute of limitations is over. my wife was the official person doing it so that it wouldn't affect my unemployment. And so I would get up at four in the morning and throw the paper in Dallas. And and you know, I had apartment complexes and it was just and and the the downside of a paper is every day you have to do it. You have to get up at three or four in the morning, every morning to throw out your paper. And I and when he did that, have a little faith in me that was i looked over at my wife and you know and this is like 86 85 86 we eighty six. We've been married we got married in 84 so we you know we're still fairly new in the marriage and this whole have a little faith in me you know when it's dark and uh it it is truly a beautiful love song uh and i think that is what we want right we want our partner to just believe in me. And you're right, the way he does that live and that little whisper, really, really, he sells it. He is a showman, you know, Um, when your secret heart cannot speak so easily. um, Great line. Yeah, yeah, great, great line. Absolutely, yeah. And um, this is, um, I put it on today while I was working and I've listened to it two or three times this is a fun CD or a fun, you know, uh, you know, a quick 80 minutes, you know, and it's just a lot of fun. He, he is having a blast. The band's having a blast. um, And, you know, I, I would pick, if I had my choice to do a live CD, there would be other songs I would replace and pick, but, but this is a really good, as you say, a a nice picture of john at this point in his career the middle 90s he's he's been you know he's been sober he's had some success he's enjoying life and uh and they're having a blast
1: you're, 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 you're so right. And, you know, if you, you would talk about, you know, things I would change or do different yeah. or something like that. And then you even mentioned specifically, he was on the, the tour for perfectly good guitar. Yeah. Boy, if I could be picky and go back in time and certainly we don't need to, but Buffalo river home, that was the one I was going to mention on here, but I would even yeah. go one step, and, and we could talk about that probably for a whole podcast. That song is yeah. good. Uh, but I think the underrated song on there that could have been there and really rocks is, but completely seems forgotten is "Permanent Hurt." Is yes. so good uh, as well, and I, I think that's something that's kind of just disappeared from his live show and is is a little bit forgotten. But and like you're saying, this is fun, but at the same time, selfishly, this was just more of an excuse to talk less about one record and just talk about John Hyatt, who you know I'm, I'm just so excited about because. Again, if it was me and you wanted me to pick a favorite album to discuss, it would be, you know, Bring the Family or Slow Turnin' or or Crossing Muddy Waters. I mean, there's there's just so many other things that probably artistically rank much higher, but this will always be special to me.
0: Yeah. um, Specifically, I was saying if I could pick anything I don't know which one I'd get rid of, but Buffalo River Home would be one. I just got to be on there, that. Yeah, it just absolutely. This is great. <laughs> All right. Um, three on the. Uh, so if someone is listening, um, you've suggested this is possibly a Gateway uh, album. Do you have a couple others that you might throw on there that if someone's never watched Listen to John um, kind of throw you a curve? Do you have some that you may want to have them go check out?
1: Well, like I said, I mean, the best records, um, and I, th- I think most people would say, you know, uh, Bring the Family and Slow Turning are as good as almost anybody could make. And I, and I think those One, two, are, those are yeah. absolutely hard to argue with. Uh, and we, you know, we talked about some of the, the, the songs from, from this record, Perfectly Good Guitar, which I think is absolutely loaded. Uh, a completely different direction I mentioned a second ago is crossing muddy waters. There's so many good things on there. But then the one other one that I think stands out right as, and I, th- I think this is just as big in my mind as bring the family or slow turn in, but walk on is, oh, there's, it's almost perfect. So yeah, honestly, any of those, but walk on of those because it's not quite as big as the others is super special to me.
0: Yeah, I love that. I also would recommend Riding with the King mm-hmm. because a very different kind of this is, he's still trying to find his voice. So this is, you know, um, he's still got a little bit of the sarcastic like slug line, you know, along with riding with the king, you know, you may already be a winner, riding with the king, love that harms. Um she loves the jerk, uh, you know, uh, so much. Yeah. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun CD that in, um, that I really, really like, you know, so yeah, that would be it. Mark, this is a blast. This was was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. If someone wants to reach you, how can they?
1: So if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, it is, uh, just at Mark Hornock, M-A-R-K-H-O-R-N-O-K. Happy to discuss John Hyatt as much or as little as anybody wants.
0: You know, once again, if we had all the time in the world and we didn't have to work for a living, you know, JB and Rob do Bruce Springsteen sings the alphabet. How fun would it be to be John Hyatt A to Z, just in alphabetic order, go through the songs? I I, we don't have time for that, but that would be a blast to do it really would be for sure. And yeah. then, and,
1: and make sure to call me back when that Treme podcast gets started. Oh yes,
0: absolutely. I will. <laughs> All right. Listeners. I hope you have enjoyed this discussion. Please go check out some John Hyatt. Uh, there is so many CDs. There is uh, collections. Um, he has gone through multiple record companies, and so uh, some of his earlier stuff is available on compilation discs, uh, but you can't go wrong. Just get one and let Mark and I know what you think. Uh, for now, go get vaccinated. Go get boosted. Let's try to be kind to each other, but that's how we're going to get through this. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlessingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Listing Brew shirts as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash and right now, who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music-loving, album-ranking, fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.